Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is the Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Goodison Park. It is the Royal Blue Podcast brought to you by the Liverpool Echo. I'm Ian Crow, and we are live across YouTube and Facebook. Please remember to like, follow and subscribe to our Facebook page and YouTube channel. Also, please send in your questions. I'll put them to Gav and Chris, who are also on today's pod. As mentioned just then, so joining me on today's show, we have the Echoes Event FC reporter, Chris Beasley. Chris, how are things? Yeah, just, uh, let's say, recovering from that uh, busy uh, <laughs> transfer window, but it wasn't, was it? No, uh, no there was plenty of other things here. Keep me busy uh, uh, off the pitch, but um, yeah, no, the, the big weekend ahead. I've seen the Tottenham Hotspur um, game, and there uh, could be uh, an announcement um, called from the club um, this afternoon uh, regarding something for next season. I can't, can't say too much at this moment. I've got my fingers burnt in the past, but just... Watch out for that one. Slight embargo on that news then. Yeah. Course, yeah. No worries. And we've also got Royal Blue contributor, regular Royal Blue contributor, Gav Buckland, fresh from his trip to Amsterdam. <laughs> <laughs> I had to get that in there, Gav. I'm still it was last week and I'm still recovering. I went wow. the uh, I went the the Ark Stadium. Yeah. Very, very impressive and uh, gives you a good insight to what uh, Bramley Moore will look like, even though it's it's thirty years old. Um it was it was good to, to go into See something that is, I'd say, relatively, relatively new, and it was, it was excellent. And I got to see Johan Cruyff's statue as well, which was, uh, you know, any, but he was the, he was the man when I was a kid. Any signs of uh, John Henderson? I did go into the accession room and I dived there. There's a uh, shirt was hanging up. Oh, actually, wow. apparently the uh, the fastest selling Ajax shirt in in history. Wow. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. According to reports, I, I don't know the figures. Anyway. Um, Talked about John Henderson far too long already, and is it? Chris, you know, yeah. let's get straight into it then. So, deadline day yesterday, you know, not much really happening, no. uh, but you know, just gives you thoughts on the, the window as a whole, success really that Everton probably kept, you know, some of the key players. Yeah, I mean, you have to look at it like that, you know, given all the clubs well documented financial issues and see the, the, the whole. Um, 10-point deduction and then the, the second charge, everything that goes with that. The fact that um, Sean Dyche was asked about this in his press conference and he, he was he was never in a position where he would have to um, sell the, the star players. That has to be a, um, a, a big bonus. I think that generally transfer windows often very iffy time to sign players anyway. Um, I ended up doing a piece yesterday because of, you know there was so little going on. Ended up doing a piece all about Everton's previous um, deadline day buys, not just January transfer um, buys, the ones they got on the deadline in, in previous windows to windows and other than Mikel Arteta who was their first one not too many hits in there there's a lot more misses and a few hardly even got a look in so yeah the fact that um they're able to hold on to all, all, all their best players has to be a, a big bonus. I suppose we'll come on to this. Uh, the, the Mason Holgate one did uh, raise a few eyebrows given that they've allowed to go into a, a Premier League rival. What do you think on that one then before we go on to Gav? Is that, yeah. I mean, he was obviously at Lowen on, at Southampton anyway. You know, he quickly fell out of favour with their manager because, yeah. you know, they're actually having a successful season, Southampton. Yeah. You know, did you expect them to come back and play a, a part in, you know, Everton's? You know, day-to-day squad, the weekly squad yeah. of, of, of football games, or is it the right move? 
Yeah, I think he was always surplus to requirements at, at Everton after, after last season. Obviously, Sean Dykes had a look at him last season and the, the feeling was that there was going to be a part in the ways. I just think it's strange given that Okay, for whatever reason, he couldn't hold down a regular spot at Southampton in the Championship. That, given that Evan have just dropped into the bottom three again, that they have allowed him to join another relegation rival. I'm sure it's a good move for him. Goes back to his native South Yorkshire, a chance to revive his his career at the top level. I think ultimately, it's it, it's numbers again. It's 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 the money side of things. If the club came in, they were going to offer the right kind of money to to pay Holgate's wages, and obviously um, Southampton were doing that as a fair chunk of that for the first half the season well Deitch has described it as a very advantageous um, move for uh, a deal for the, the club and I guess that's why he's been allowed to go there Gab club decision then it's not you know, obviously not not a major loss but we, we've talked about Mason Holgate a couple of times on the podcast over the past couple of weeks and we don't really know where his career is going his future obviously doesn't you know seem to be at Everton but like I say no, no major loss No because he's not played this season has he and yeah. he's, he's been sporadic hasn't he his appearances in previous <laughs> Previous campaigns hasn't impressed, and um, as Chris said, there it's, it's it's all about cash, isn't it? For you know, or a saving for the club in terms of his wages. I'm not sure whether that's Sheffield playing all there, but his wages. I'm not sure how it, break, it breaks down. Well, I guess by what Dyke said, yeah. you know, Everton aren't being left very much out of pocket. By yeah, this. yeah. So yeah. it's just it's just somebody. I mean, we've got three or four centre halves, haven't we? And a couple of right backs where he has played, and so uh, he's, he's surplus to surplus, isn't he? Really. <laughs> And um, yeah, it's it makes a lot of sense for both players in the club and for Sheffield United as well. So just the key players then. I mean, we don't know how you know massively true these reports were, but Brantwaite was obviously linked with a couple of teams in the in the in the window. Anana was obviously linked with with Newcastle. You know, there's always that fear, isn't it, on the on the last day of the transfer window deadline day that you know a massive bid or some sort of bid would come in for players. We know what's happened in the past. Um, again, just. Probably just massive that we've been able to keep hold of everyone that is, that features heavily in the team. Well, well in the roundabout way, our, our, the the commission's decision against us is worked in our favour in the January transfer window, hasn't it? Because it, it means that, and and I've interested to know the full full reasons for this. We know the reason, but how, how the maths of it works out is that nobody's been buying players for fear of uh, breaching themselves and seeing what the punishment can be. And that's on the back of us. So on on that basis, then they're, they're not buying players. And that means they're not buying Everton players. So. You can say if there's one good thing for the commission that's yeah. uh, worked in our favour, this is possibly uh, an unexpected one. But as Chris was saying, the January transfer windows, you know, it, you know, it's risky, isn't it? And uh, to buy buy big in that window, you've got to be buying a surefire hit, haven't you? Really? Um, and um, obviously, yeah, a lot of clubs felt felt the same. So yeah, I think it's a I think it's a triumph for us not to have any players. Gone, gone. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Can we win the window then. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think, I think if we were selling players, it was for cash reasons, wasn't it? It wasn't for to to be uh, to keep within profits and sustainability rules. It was to need the cash. I'm, I'm, I'm I know we're we'll talk, talk about this in a bit, probably, but that probably means the sh- in the short term, the cash coming into the club is something they they've got. And, but and, and even well, now in the end of the season. Yeah, would think. Some questions and opinions coming in thick and fast. We've probably answered this one, but D Hagen on <clears throat> Facebook has said, "Would you consider it a successful transfer window to be able to keep hold of all of our better players?" So you know, we that's what we have done, haven't we? Really. Um, yeah. What else? All of our players. Yeah. 
Absoluut. Dus we need, we need, we need bombs on seats, don't we? Yeah, but that's, you know, size of the squad, we've been yeah. so small. Yeah, so it could have been, a, you know, even fringe players, if they gone out, it could have left them in trouble. Somebody yeah, like yeah. Ben Godfrey, who's hardly figured, but, you know, he's needed at crucial moments, as we saw on Tuesday. Yeah. Um, Chris Anthony Holden on YouTube says, will Dele Alli pay for Everton this season, in your opinion? Will it uh, be worth renegotiating his contract with Spurs? I think we've tried to do that already, already haven't we, with Sonoma Vale? I don't think he's going to play again for Everton. He's, he's, he's not fit anyway, and uh, hamstrung by, um, like you say, the terms of that contract. What they seven appearances shy of, um, of a kicking in the first appearance, at, uh, first payment, first ten million pound instalment. Anyway, yet as you mentioned, there have been discussions to see if that could be changed, and uh, sort of unsurprisingly, Daniel Levy didn't budge on on that one. So yeah, I think it's, you know it's a very sad situation for the player, but I, I don't see him in a Royal Blue jersey ever again. Just an interesting one, this because I didn't really think about it. But Emma EFC on YouTube says, Why did they extend the window considering that how bad the window's been due to FFP restrictions? So it was extended by a day, I think, wasn't it? I'm not, I'm not pass on that one. I'm not sure why, um, why it was the, the, the extra day. I don't know because so there's been times in previous years when it sort of spilled into February by a day or two. But I must confess, I'm, I'm not sure on that one. And like I say, it didn't seem to make much difference from Everton's point of view. Those deals would just gotten done a day before. My only guess there is there was Premier League fixtures last night, wasn't it? Something to do so with that, it yeah. might have been unfair that some, some teams actually, you know, that's a, the team could always yeah. So I think. It made sense to have tied it to the end of the Premier League match week, as they yeah. call it now. Well, I think you've just answered Emma's question, mate. Right done well there, Gav. Yeah, yeah. I, that's total speculation, by the way. That's why we get you on. Yeah. Um, all right, well, Gav, you know, Sean Dice can concentrate on the football now, then, Carney. And um, yeah. Chris and Joe talked about Fulham earlier in the week, but just get your reaction to it, really. Good good points or disappointing point, really? Good point. I think a point on, on your travels in the Premier League is always a, a good point. People say we should win, and but there was a lot of ch there was chances of either end. Uh, I was some of our finishing that left a lot to be desired, I think. Um, but we defended reasonably, reasonably soundly. Is that four clean sheets in five games or something like that? Yeah, most in the yeah, league, yeah, yeah, yeah. Pickford's the Golden Glove leader, yeah. so um, kept the clean clean sheets on the road, got a point. Yeah, uh, with a bit with which was. With what was getting on to be a scratch midfield, really, wasn't it? You had Young, who's played right back, playing right hand side. Yeah. You had Garner, you had McNeil as a left winger playing in the middle, and you yeah. had Dan Juma, who's not normally a, a strike, you know, a foot striker, yeah. you know, or a left winger playing wide, wide left on the the, the the midfield. So, with 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 all those uh, factors, it was uh, it was a very decent point. Yeah, yeah, I completely agree, Chris. Then um, yeah. Tottenham yeah. tomorrow, twelve thirty, Goodison Park. You're mm -hmm. going. Yeah. Um, I'm not going because I'm in work, but it is uh, what it is. I'll get to watch it on the telly. Um, yeah, just a tough game it's going to be, obviously. The Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. The Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. Yeah, it's for a long, long time now, no matter how well or how badly the two respective sides have been going. Um, they struggle in Tottenham, have they? See, I was looking at the stats and beat them a couple of times before behind closed doors in the, the COVID era. You have to see when Calvert-Lewin scored the winner on the opening day under Jose Marino's Tottenham to start of that season. And then the 5-4 the thriller where... Um, Carlo just blew on his cup of tea when the the the, the winner went in, and everyone liked that at the time. Nice, Carl, cool, calm, and collected. Carlo maybe actually told us that um, he wasn't actually that bothered about what was going on. Yeah. But yeah, in front of fans, we have to go back. I think to Dece December 2012 when they turned around that one nil uh, deficit. Uh, Clint Dempsey put Tottenham at Goodison and a couple of late goals from uh, was it. 
Pinar and Jelovic last couple of minutes. So they do want to be fair. Um, so many factors, Everton sort of do you change your luck, change your fortune in that respect. But it always does seem to be a, a tough game against Spurs, and obviously they're going well uh, this season under Big Ange. But although they, I was down at the the uh, the. Uh, Corresponding fixture in North London with Joe just before Christmas, and um, very unfortunate. Actually, produced one of the best displays of the season, but still lost. And a more VAR controversy with the goal being disallowed. Can you give us any injury updates? Obviously, desperate for Takori to yeah. to come back. We heard yesterday or earlier in the week that he was back running on grass. Which yeah. Obviously, it's a good sign, but it's probably not. He's quite yeah. not there yet. On the grass, as, as, as <laughs> they go, Dyche impression. Um, yeah, um, he, he said it's a weird one. This because it started off, wasn't it? Um, it we were told this injury was just fatigue at first, and then um, it became, in his, the manager's own words, something longer term, which was concerning. Obviously, it's his, his hamstring, but on the other side, as the previous one, I don't think he's going to be figuring. I just hope that Adrissa Gay's back because obviously he was knocked out the African Cup of Nations earlier this week. It was all the way back on Monday, wasn't it? I think. Uh, Has he reported back? He's back That's today. Anything. He's back today, yeah. Um, um, Dyke said yesterday that with all the travel coming back from um, the Ivory Coast, that um, yesterday was a down day for him, but um, he would be assessed today. And as far as the manager was concerned, there weren't any issues in that respect. You know, he has been playing again. I mean, ironically, it was Tottenham away was his last game when he went off there in the first half. So I'd like to think he's uh, available to come back in the middle because, as, as Gav's already said, they're uh, chronically short of numbers in the centre of the park. So that we are DLV came back and Amadou Arana is uh, touch and go, fluid on the knee. I mean, God, the midfield at the moment is the one that is, seems to be major concern. We, we can seem to fill every other position. We know our goal scoring issues with the, the two strikers yeah. that we've got, but every you know the past couple of weeks now, it does seem to be any time we do a preview show or you know looking forward to a game, it's like it's a makeshift this, it's a makeshift that. It's you know it's obviously a massive concern. But are you confident? <laughs> if it's tomorrow or the midfield or both, both um, I think, I, I think. I, I take a lot of encouragement from the performance before Christmas. I thought yeah. we played really well after a slug a sluggish start was after twenty minutes in when they were two 0 ahead. We were I thought we were much the better team. Even by half time we were the better team, weren't we? Yeah. And I think what we did really well at Spurs is we pressurised them a lot on their 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 third of the pitch, didn't we? You know, they spent a lot of the first half passing the ball to us, didn't he? <laughs> um from about fifteen, twenty minutes onwards. And we had the we had the, she had loads of chances that we didn't take advantage of from their mistakes, and I'll be I'll be looking for that tomorrow. Um, whether we can press, I think the, the Corey played space. I think he did, did he? Yeah, yeah. Without the Corey, that might no, be. No, sorry, he didn't know. He, he went know. off at Burnley, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we pressed, came in. Yeah, yeah. We pressed. Yeah, I think he came on a sub, didn't he, Gomez? But um, I think if we pressed them like we did at the Tottenham Stadium before Christmas, we keep our shape defensively. I think we're, we're in with a chance. I mean, they, they, they give you the, they will give you the chance, spare, yeah. and they, you know, you know that that the, the Ange football will is it tends to be good games of footy, and I think um, consequently, I think we have got an opportunity tomorrow to to get a, to get a result. Okay, well, keep your questions coming in. We are only doing a short pod and show today. Apologies for that, but we have got a lot on um, in the office, so we're going to try and get through as many questions as possible. But um, Chris, I'll come to you on this one because yeah. you, you see him play. But the article on YouTube said <laughs> Ben Godfrey to keep his uh, spot in the team. He did play very well, didn't he? It's an interesting one, isn't it? Because um, personally, I, I could see, um, obviously, if Adrisha Gay is um, fit to return, then Dwight McNeil goes back out wide. 
um, probably for, for, for Dan Juma on, on the left. And I wonder if um, Deitch would be tempted to move Ashley Young back to right back, given that's where he's played most of the season. Uh, certainly, if you're going to go off who actually played well and, you know, getting your place on merit, Godfrey would um, retain his, his spot on the side. He did get booked early on, but he did well after that keep his head made some really sort of crucial interceptions at important times forever and so yeah he could count so very unfortunate if, if, if he does miss out but I, I mean I think there is a distinct possibility that uh, that, that, that could happen and um, Colin Brown on YouTube has said get your money on Richie to, to <laughs> score the first goal Gav I've just got on my notes there so the return of Richarlison well, obviously surely he's going to get a good reception yeah, I mean, it, not too good. You know where this first came from? Brian Glanville, the great journalist, wasn't it? Said the immutable law of the X. Oh. Uh, that a former player will always score against their uh, okay. against the, the, their old yeah. club. Um, well, you he, he, he can score first, but as long as we went 2-1, uh, I think that would be a result for everybody, wouldn't it? it, it if, if Richarlison scored tomorrow, what do you think the direction of the crowd would be? You think, well, what do you think his reaction would be? In, I don't think he'd celebrate. I don't think he would, would he? No. Well, the, it's, to be fair, he, he scored, didn't he, in, in, the, in the game down at the Yeah, yeah but Tottenham, I put this in a slightly different, yeah, um, uh, different thing, isn't it? And he was given a good reception after that. Yeah, job. Um, yeah I, don't, I can't see it. I don't think he's going to be no. giving it the bigger, as Frank Lampard would say. But, yeah, I remember the, I've seen a couple of ex-Evan players come back and, and their goals be cheered. Duncan McKenzie and Bob Latchard for a start that we were winning in those matches. But yeah, I can't see that. If it's 3-0 to Everton tomorrow and Richarlison scores the last minute, you might get you might Maybe. get a cheer. That's definitely it. Won't happen if it's the the first goal. No, the last minute, of course it won't. Yeah. <laughs> um, a lot of well, not a lot, but a couple of people suggesting we should throw Michael Keane up top. It can't be worse than oh. Dominic Carver Lewin and Beto. I mean, I have you know jokingly said that a couple of times in the past about Michael Keane, but. Scored a worldie against Tottenham last season. That was, was, um, I mean, maybe he doesn't have to go up top. Uh, maybe he can do it from deep. Play him centre mid. Don't know <laughs> if, if Gay doesn't make it. Now he just, I, I, I don't know. Um, yeah, uh, some sort got to give, haven't it? You'd hope. So with Calvert Lewin or Beto get a goal sometime soon. I mean, at least Calvert Lewin's performance levels haven't dipped. I mean, you can say some. Games he doesn't have a, a lot of chances or whatever, but you know he is putting a, a shift in there. I don't think he's gone markedly downhill in this period, but it must be, it must be tough for him. He just still one just needs one and going in and off his backside. But then ironically again, he, he obviously scored at Tottenham, and that one was controversially mm. disallowed. If that had gone in, who knows? You know he, he might be on a, a scoring spree right now, but you know that's the that's them's the breaks. I mean, Gabby, he's he's obviously this is Dominic Carver Lewin missing to Corey is that you know if you want to call it that type of partnership. I know he's not Decore's or an out-and-out striker, but he, he obviously compliments Carver-Lewin. If you remember when we were having that good run of form, Carver-Lewin still wasn't scoring goals. It was the, the goals being spread around the team, but yeah. now that that's kind of stopped, the pressure is obviously on Carver-Lewin and Decore, um, Beto to, yeah. to get the goals. So yeah. are we being a little bit unfair? Have we got to get back to you know spreading the, the goals around the team? But again, it's, it just goes back to every single time now. It seems to be just a makeshift team that we're playing. I, I don't think it's unfair that, you know, unfair to expect Calvert-Lewin to score. You know, I mean, he should be scoring, shouldn't he? He's a, a centre-forward. It's what he's paid. 15 ex, games, is it? Now? Ex, so it's a long you know, time. tens of thousand pounds a week to, to score. So I don't think it's unfair that he shouldn't, you know, that, that he's under scrutiny. And, and Beto the same. Um, I, I've got my own views on Calvary, which I've said many times in the pod. I think he's uh, I think he's overrated, uh, to be honest with you. Um, but at the same time, he, he does do a job for us. Um, I, I, I get what you're saying. I think possibly because he remain, he's probably got closer 
attacking because there's no decor. He's got closer. The defenders are closer to him, aren't they? Because our attacking threats are so limited. So that instead of a defender keeping their eye on decor, both defenders are looking at Cavalier and Andy. So there's, it sounds uh, like there's, his agent's trying to um, yeah, sabotage yeah. your speech, yeah. Ed Gav. No, but I, I think Carver Lewin. I think he, I think he's done a good job for us, but I think he's he's, he's limited. Um, but I think he um, he needs a goal, doesn't he? As yeah. you say. But what we haven't done really though is how many goals we scored from set pieces recently. You know, you'd expect that to be a threat of a dice yeah. team, wouldn't you? Really. Yeah, and uh, ben, Beto should have scored at the end. Yeah, he, on, on Tuesday. So you are right. Yeah. See, I think as much as I say about Calvert Lewin is, if he's not scoring, we should be spreading the goals around, and yeah. and we've had a paucity of goals, haven't we? Really, from the rest of the team, um, that I think is uh, also reflects badly on them. To be honest with you, I say set pieces haven't been been brilliant, have they? What does he do then, Chris? Because obviously injury pending, it's still going to be kind of a bit of a makeshift. But you know, does does Cavalier still start in your opinion, or does Beto, you know, firmly get a, an opportunity now against you know what is going to be a strong Tottenham team? Let's stick with with Carver Lewin in the hope that you know he he, he, end, he ends this streak because unfortunately, you know, Beto's not been doing much better as we said. Beto really should have chance, scored that chance at the end there. They mean Calvert Lewin at the one on one against Villa, the last Premier League home game. Very similar to his, his goal against Villa in the Carabao Cup. Obviously, a different goalkeeper there, Robin Olsen. But yeah, I'd, 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 I'd stick with Calvert Lewin. He's the, he's, the, he's the proven player at this level. You know, I know he's on this awful run at the moment, but obviously, just before that, he'd become only the fourth Everton player to score 50 Premier League goals. So, you know, he does have proven pedigree at this level where Beto's still sort of learning the ropes. And so, yeah, I'd, I'd stick with Calvert Lewin in, in, in the hope that, that this, this run ends uh, sooner rather than later. Who knows? Might, might be, be a Calvin Lewin. Calvin Lewin, Calvert Lewin penalty to end end the droughts. God help him if we get a penalty and he misses it. Uh, that was Brighton, wasn't it? Remember the last was the season before last he missed at the park and didn't he? Yeah. Remember he put it over the bar. Um, rest of the team then, Chris. Yeah, oh, do you want to go through it? Yeah, yeah that's all right. Yeah. yeah, okay. So I, I think uh, see um, Pickford and goal. I, I think he'll move Ashley Young back to right back and put Ben Godfrey will be an unfortunate one to to miss out. I think it'd be Mikalenko left back, uh, Tarkovsky, and Bramfweight in the centre backs, hoping that Adrisa Gase available to come back in. There's no reason why he shouldn't. So if you have him and James Garner in the middle, um, Jack Harrison on the right, Dwight McNeil back onto the. Um, the the left there. In fact, I've run out of place. Somebody's gonna actually. So maybe uh, Calvert Lewin's gonna name, name ten players here. We've got a bonus here. Maybe maybe that um, Godfrey will keep his place and um, Ash, Ashley Young might stay uh, right mid and maybe Jack Harrison play off off the striker. So I'm getting myself in a bit of a muddle there. So perhaps perhaps Godfrey does get a reprieve. That interestingly, the last time Young played right back for uh, right mid for us, I thought he he did well. I think he he started at right back, and I can't remember. Well, it's the position he's played, played most of his career, hasn't yeah. he? And, and the way he's only sort of moved back as he's at this advanced stage of his yeah, his career. What well, left as well, hasn't he? Yeah. He played uh, wide right against Newcastle, didn't he? Yeah, yeah and, and Harrison played really well, and that, yeah. that was the same on on Tuesday. I just think. Is it asking too much of Garner Gay? Would have been, I say, because he's not actually played for us for what, mm. seven weeks, something like that, will it be? Yeah. He's not played for us for seven weeks. He's been away. Are we asking too much of him to come back when he's flown back this week and he's been back at the club off 48 hours, something like that, 72 yeah. hours? Are we asking him too much to start the Premier League of a Saturday? If they've been Sunday, possibly. And the early kickoff? Yeah, an early kickoff on the Saturday morning. But it is, is, that, is that asking too much, do we think? 
what what what's the alternative? We, well, we have something similar to uh, to, to Tuesday. I, I I totally get what you're saying. I think you know these footballers these days are are super fit. He, he might have a bit of jet lag. I don't know, but I think it's probably needs must at the end of the day. That's that's all. That's the only way I I would see it. I think. If you're gonna want, if you're gonna get him to sit and get the rest of the players to do the attack and work, that's 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 the way to go. Otherwise, you're just dropping, you know, Garner um, further further back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's face it's just. Garner. I'm not saying we shouldn't play him, but on face value, it is a bit of a risk, and it's it's a reflection again of the the the, the amount of players we got to to select from, isn't it? Really, I think if Dice thinks he's not ready, he won't he won't no, play. Like, we, yeah. I mean, we all know what Dice is like. Yeah, you have to be virtually 100 percent fit and ready to yeah, ready exactly. to go. So, what would be your team then, Gav? The Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. The Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. Goalie, back four. I think if assuming Garner Gay plays, I'm, I'm going to. I'm not going to make the mistake. Chris hasn't going to go back here. <laughs> <laughs> DCL, Harrison, going backwards. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Then if Garner Gay comes back, yeah, it's worth whether you play Dan Jumer, isn't it? Because he yeah. did go off in yeah, yeah. The so there's lots of things. Yeah, do you have Dan Zuman in your side? No, because I'm I presuming I'm presuming he's yeah. injured now. So you, you could be. I don't think you can. <laughs> it's too many imponderables, isn't it? Yeah. Really, if, if Dan Zuman was available, you could have like Dan Zuman, McNeil, Garner, and Garner again in the middle, and younger right back, couldn't you? So it depends, but if Dan Zuman is not fit, then yeah. there's a there's a real possibility we end up but, something like on Tuesday. But as Gav says, I mean, we can say, oh yeah, put Adrissa Gay in, or don't put him in. We we don't know. The, the the club have got serious scientific people who are going to look at this, and they and they'll make the they make the judgment call on on that one. I think what is should we possibly won't be going four four two again? Absolutely not. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think that was definitely an experimental formation. Well, I think. Yeah. You know, we all know Dyche went for four four two for years at, at Burnley, and then when he started, Evans, Evans like, oh, he's not gone four four two, and we've we've seen why. But if there was ever a team you weren't going to do the four four two experiment again, surely it was Luton Town. You know, a team who've come up from the Championship playing against two big men up front is meat and drink for them. That was probably the worst time to go four four two. Personally, I think I, I, I don't know why did because he tried it for half an hour against Luton in the Premier League game in September. So I don't know. I couldn't write it off completely forever, but certainly I, th I thought that was like that one of the worst actual opportunities to do it against. Yeah, it didn't Luton. work well when we had the ball, though, did yeah. it really? And 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 I think that that's something to be avoided in the future yeah okay before we come on to predictions then because we're gonna have to finish yeah in the next couple of minutes but um just a seven seven triple seven update i keep saying seven 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 but i'm always going to say triple seven now um christy being in the news again this week you know the yeah. um potential loans has, has potentially risen to 180 million now to Everton. Is it, can you shed a little bit more on that uh, as far as what's going on we just wonder whether this is um trying to pressurize um the Premier League bosses to, to make a decision because they say, look, we're, we're propping the club up all, already in, in this respect. I mean, yeah, it's, it's got surely it's got to fall down one way or the other sometime soon. They were taught, you know, when the deal was clinched in September, they were saying expected to receive ratification by the fourth quarter of 2023. And we're now into to February, aren't we? Can't continue forever. What's interesting today, actually, is that um, 
the head of um, and football analytics, Madan Sormats, who, who I met at Finch Farm um, back in November, spoke to him. He's a very interesting um, character. He, he's he's leaving. He's he's on his way to Barnsley, where he's got the uh, the sport and directors role, which is seen as a a good move for him. And he's he's got a great backstory. Actually, he was raised in the former. Yugoslavia and then left that war-torn region in the early 90s to settle in Yorkshire. So he's, he's moving back to his part of the world there, but it was very much a global role for him at Triple Seven. And um, um, he, he thought it was very important for him to show his face at all of the clubs within the, the portfolio. So he's been seen a lot of times at Goodison this season. Pictured in the article, sat next to Gareth Southgate for the, the Chelsea game back in December. He was part of that six-man party from Triple Seven who came and watched... Um, last month the, the Crystal Palace FA Cup replay so he, he he's on his way out so they're going to have to have a, a rethink in, in that respect but in terms of the the uh, the bigger picture yeah it's got to fall down one way or the other and it just makes me wonder all these stories about them putting money into the club are they almost trying to force the issue I mean Gav it just keeps getting con- more concerning by each day and the fact that you know Everton are now in debt to triple seven to you know in the region of 150 to 180 million yeah is um i mean you said it in the past that's more more important and you know the ownership situation is more important more serious than the actual production yeah i think we've allowed ourselves to be distracted by them understandably so by yeah. the, the the commission and the deduction of points and um the implications of that from the league but in terms of the the medium and long-term future of the club and and the ground this is far more significant in this whole this whole um, scenario with seven seven seven, and it needs resolving as quickly as possible. And the the longer it strikes on, it, it just it just isn't helping us. It? It's it's not, it means we can't plan how we fund the balance of the stadium, all that type of stuff. It's just all up in the air, and and you know we're in a very tricky position if it doesn't go through I, I'm, I, there's, there's, you can look at this either way they might be plowing money into the club because the mood music and they're being told this we're just dotting the yeah. dotting the I's and crossing the T's here you, you know you'll be okay you know we've just got to go through this process so they're, they're quite happy to, to put money into the club on that basis or the other alternative is they're just doing it's, it's an enormous risk for them because if it doesn't go through the club's got 108, 50 million of their money, so it's it's um it, it's a, it's a high risk strategy really either way from them, um but it but, needs to solve and it's sorry to interrupt, but they also know Everton have got a massive valuable asset in the stadium. Well, that that's that's but that's if they do become the owner the owners, then that becomes a, a a separate conversation, doesn't it? I mean, but um it's got to be both first, and um we we um yeah we we are in a very awkward position if if they don't take over. I'm on. This goes back though to not selling any players, yeah. doesn't it? Really, it's in this window, this probably means that the club is confident that they've got funding now between now and the end of the season. I, I would imagine. Um, so we we'll just have to wait and see. But it's far. This is far more important than the um, the, the, the ten point deduction stuff, though. That's not obviously. That's not not something to be ignored, is it? Really. Okay, Chris. Finish with predictions then uh, for Spurs. What, what are you going to go with? Uh, I'll, I'll be positive. And I'll say a year on, more or less, from Deitch's first game, that unexpected 1-0 win over Arsenal at Goodison and be positive and say there and finally get that first uh, league win of 2024 and uh, a classic Sean Deitch 1-0. Gav? You know what might happen tomorrow? It's only ever happened twice before in our history, by the way. Could be third consecutive goalless draw in the league. It's only ever happened once before. When was that? Yeah, 1982. 
And um, yeah, so that could happen. And I'd take that actually, to be honest with you. Yeah. And I think I think in the list, I'm going on a bit, thinking, I think there's been more nil-nils between Everton and Spurs than any. I think it's only the, the Derby's had more nil-nils. Okay. There's been loads of nil-nils. Well, After gonna... all that, I'm going to say Everton 1-0. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to say nil 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 nil. Uh, was after that, yeah, absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. Come I, in, Steve. I was yeah. going to go positive, but I think I think nil nil is, but nil nil is positive. I think, I think you're right. I think it is still positive because let's face it, we've got City next, so we could do it. We yeah. got something from Fulham. Let's get something from Tottenham. Let's get and then let's see what happens with. Since then we got Palace at home. If you give give me four points in the next three games, I'll take that all day long. Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll finish there then. Um, we obviously are short. Short show today, short podcast, but uh, we have been live. So remember, please remember to like, follow, and subscribe to our Facebook page and YouTube channel. Chris, uh, you'll be a good son tomorrow yeah. covering the game with Joe Thomas. So we'll have plenty of Everton coverage and content over our website and social platforms over the next couple of days. And then we'll be back at some point next week to, you know, react to the Spurs game and preview uh, what's ahead. Gav, Chris, thank you for, for coming on. Much appreciated. You've been listening to the Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.